What is going on, everybody? Welcome to A Theology of Hustle. It has been a long time since we've uh, done one of these. Kind of getting back into it a little bit. uh, And I thought I'd kick off some of this with a really special episode. And and this episode uh, involves uh, me talking to my friend Dan. Uh, I've known a long time. We've done a lot of ministry together. And in the last year, we've both move from ministry spaces into corporate uh, spaces. And so he's gotten a lot of questions. I've gotten some questions about what that transition's like, how to make that transition, you know, just so many questions. And so we figured we'd sit down and talk about it, talk about ministry uh, and life and what uh, moving into a corporate culture, both sort of doing uh, sales work has been like. Uh, some of the uh, emotions that have gone into that and just all the things. And so what you have here is, a, I think, kind of a deep uh, episode where I try to stay really practical, but we get into a lot of the like just theology of hustle aspects of, of work, what it means to do ministry in the workplace and sort of putting our money where our mouth is in a lot of ways uh, and talking about uh, work and ministry. And so I think you're going to love this episode. Dan is amazing, uh, very thoughtful. Uh, it's a it's a great episode. I can't wait to, for you to hear from him. Uh, before we get into the episode, just a reminder, uh, follow me on Instagram at Theology of Hustle, Facebook the same. Uh, you can always follow me on Twitter at Curry Blanford. Not as great on Twitter, I'll be honest. So, uh, but feel free if you if you like. Uh, I am in that space as well sometimes. So, um, yeah, I can't wait for you to hear from Dan. Love to know what you thought. So, uh, get ready for this episode with Dan Cohen. All right, Dan, what is going on, man? Thanks for uh, joining me. It is good to see your face. Yeah, you too. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, for sure. It, is, it has been a long time. Um, yeah, uh, it's kind of crazy. I used to live like 15 minutes away and now we're like, you know, 15 hours away or so. You know, <laughs> I know uh, there's still days I get sad, carry and cry. I'm sorry. I know it's like so hard to drive through Warrenville, I'm sure, you know, and not, uh, you know, reminisce. Every time, every Saturday I go to Family Foods to pick up donuts and I still think to myself like, oh, and I used to just drop them off for you guys. Mm-hmm. We used to come over for dinner all the time and hang out. And It's sad. I know you're in a, a great place, but um, I do miss you. Yeah. Well, I miss you too. And uh, miss Thank the Colins and the whole fam, you know, the fam. And anyway, uh, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> we, we can spend a long time yeah, talking right, about right. that and how sad and pathetic we are. But exactly. It's okay. <laughs> exactly. It's a good thing. It's it's a good thing that we, that we miss each other. There's lots of love. So. Um, okay, so we are recording today because uh, podcasting is fun, but also <laughs> the two of us have had very strange years, uh, yes. both of us, and in very similar ways, actually. Um, yeah. And I think you had re- re- remarked just, um, you know, before all this that you've gotten some questions from some people, just like what it what it looks like to move from a place of ministry uh, to a place of you know, kind of in the corporate world, like what's that translate, uh, transition like, you know? Um, and so this is uh, going to be, I'm going to be interviewing you, but I think this will be our kind of shared experience of like both of us sort of walking into that. Does that sound, uh, sound good to you? Yeah. Uh, definitely. You know, it's funny when you started this podcast, what was that four years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like, man, 
when's he going to ask me to be on the podcast? <laughs> and all I had to do was quit my job and change my entire career. It's all, it's very simple, really. <laughs> yeah, obviously. obviously. <laughs> it's very simple. Uh, yeah, for sure. Well, let's, let's kick off. Like I kind of do with everybody. I'd love to just sort of, uh, get your backstory, you know? Sure. Uh, so can you walk through just a little bit of like, you know, where you've come from, like kind of what makes Dan, Dan, you know? Yeah, uh, I'll give you my entire testimony. That sounds perfect. Um, <laughs> um, so I grew up in Wisconsin and went to do my undergrad at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee and majored in secondary education. Wanted to be a middle school or high school social studies teacher, but had um, very much a transformational experience as a wilderness guide when I was in college and realized that while I loved teaching, I didn't want to actually teach within four walls, you know? Mm -hmm. And so came back to school. I had a very much established community of, of friends and I was three quarters of the way through my degree. And so I just was like, you know what, this is, it's a really good degree to have. Like I will, I'll use it in some way eventually. So finished it out, but then um, decided to take kind of like a, definitely a, a different route and moved down to the Chicago area about 15 years ago and went to work for a nonprofit Christian organization that specialized in leadership development, mainly through like mission and wilderness trips. And so spent 15 years of my life at that organization, which that is, is hard a, to say. That, it is. Crazy. I know. It's, it's, like, it's a very long time. Like I tell people time. now, like, yeah, I worked for one place for 15 years. And they're like, what? What does that even look like? Right. Well, a lot of the same and a lot of different at the same time. So, but met, met my wife down here. Uh, we have two boys. And yeah, I mean, long and short of it is 15 years came and decided in the midst of, you know, everything that was going on COVID wise, the great resignation, the great reshuffle just started to examine a lot of things in my own life and had been examining those things for a long time. And we can get into some of that. Yeah. And then um, some opportunities arose and I made a, a, a very large career shift and left nonprofit ministry and went into the corporate world. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, there's a lot there. Um, I guess let's, let's sort of <laughs> <Yes>. bring <laughs> our stories to together though, because really yeah. we walked the same path, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. when you came down to Chicago to go to, to leader, you know, working for leader tricks at the time, I think we met, you were still raising support. So you were, uh, yeah, still in the, in the internship program and the summit program going yep. through. Um, and we were in our first small group together, uh, yeah. at life church. Uh, yeah. so, I mean, we go back to like the beginning of both of our careers. I don't even think I was working for life church yet in that first small group. You, you were not, you were still getting your masters right. at Wheaton. Yes. Uh, and exegesis or one of the two that you have. I don't, I don't remember <laughs> which one it was, but no, we met in, uh, it would have been October of 2008. Right. And small group together. And then, yeah, just continued to spend time. And I think we were we in the same small group the next year. Uh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah. that's when we we dove in with uh, Andrew and Nicole Carmen as well. Yes, so exactly. We start to, started to build community and life together. When, when all of our lives were falling apart at the same time. <laughs> 
Uh, that was that was an interesting season. I mean, <laughs> it was, was like those, yeah, those those relationships were bonded so much because of just the pain that we were going through. It yeah, was crazy. Yeah, and then we proceeded to then do ten years of youth ministry uh, together at Life Church. Um. After that small yeah. group, I mean, we, so I guess we have done a lot of ministry together, like looking back on it. Uh, it's just, it's weird to think how, how closely tied we all were, how our careers sort of, uh, took the same trajectory and now our careers have taken a new trajectory again, you know? Um, and so we've just been around each other a lot. We, I, I, yeah, I just want to make the case that like, we, we know each other's stories very well. We've spent a lot of, uh, late nights, um, asking a lot of really difficult questions, uh, together. We've, uh, bounced ideas off of one another for almost a decade. (laughs) You know, we've done, done ministry together and now are in a new season of life, even though far apart, still in, in a lot of ways together. Right. Yeah. Again, you're going to make me cry another time. No, (laughs) but yes, you're right. Um, very, very similar stories, very similar trajectories and similar stages in life. I mean, I just, I just think of like all the pivotal things that have gone on in the last 15 years, you right. and JJ have been a part of so many of them. I mean, you were at my, my wedding, right? Uh, you were there for the birth of my children and, and, and vice versa. Like we, yeah. it's yeah, yeah, very, very closely bonded. Yeah. Yeah. So let's then, then let's talk ministry. I mean, we both did ministry for more than a decade, right? So yep. let's talk ministry. Uh, I, I mean, um, now kind of looking back, like sort of post ministry, like how, how are you sort of like thinking about your time in ministry? What, like, why do you think 15 years in ministry, like happened to you or you happened to it? I don't know which. Why did 15 years of ministry happen to me? That's an interesting question pose in an interesting way i think i think it's a combination of several things i think part of it is that i loved my job yeah i really did i think part of it is that i had grown into a place of extreme comfort as well yeah that i didn't think that there was another job out there that really matched Kind of like my skill set, mm. right? Like, oh, what 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 other job am I going to get out there that where I'm going to get to do all of these different things that I'm doing right now, right? But I think too, some of it is I didn't really know my own worth, right? Mm. I didn't really know my identity in in so many ways. Like my identity was so tied to that ministry job and that particular ministry itself that I didn't know what I looked like outside of it. Wow. Right. So yeah. I, I, I've been told a few people this cause they've asked me like, Hey, could, could you tell me your story? Like what, how did you leave? Right. Like what does this look like? And 15 years is, I feel like seven and a half, eight years, nine years of it were building that identity in, in, in many healthy and probably some unhealthy ways yeah. too. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and gaining my confidence in what I was doing and getting good at what I was doing and figuring out like, yeah, this is, this is me. Like, this is Dan. Awesome. This is fantastic. And then the latter half was me deconstructing that identity that I had <laughs> so carefully built and coming to the realization that I didn't actually know really 
in so many ways, like, who am I? What am I good at? What is, what does this look like? What are my transferable skills? What, what would my life look like after this, if I ever were to leave? And I think for the longest time and why I stayed for so long is because I couldn't answer that question. Mm. And even the very question itself terrified me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 15 years in any job is a long time, you know, and a transition's hard uh, to make. Uh, an adjacent transition is one thing, but a transition sure. into a whole new line of work uh, is, a, is a very different thing, you know? And I think for me, I'm still <clears throat> very much in process about the whole thing. Uh, and I'm sure, I'm sure you are in ways too. I still don't exactly know how to sort of like conceptualize what just happened in the last year. Right. I have no idea. Every day I wake up and I'm like, is this real life? Like what is going on right now? Right. For sure. sure. But I think in ministry, there's this tension. What, and what is the tension? The tension is between like fidelity, like, cause when you're in a ministry role, like you, like the basis of that ministry, a lot of times, and I think for both of us was relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the reason we both did those jobs for such a long time, I, at, at its core was relationship. There were other, you know, reasons, life reasons and stuff. But so it's hard to like, where's that sort of, t- that tension lies between like sort of fidelity to like the relationships and the, the past and thinking about next steps, like going for like what's new, right? Like there's a really, it's a really tough line to walk, I think, you know, because, you know, it feels Mm -hmm. like leaving all those relationships behind, maybe like being unfaithful to those people that you've, you've ministered to, that you've built relationships with over, you know, more than a decade. Um, but at the same time, like sort of conceptualizing newness is like a really complicated thing, I guess. Well, yeah, I think this is, this is so, it's so closely tied to ministry more than any other vocation out there. Right. Right. Like, I mean, you, you took a different job and your wife took a different job and you moved your family to Texas. Right. Yes. Yes. And, and, and while in any career that could be a very hard thing to leave relationships, to move to a different town, right. Your kids start in different schools. It's heavier in ministry because you have this, this, this other guilt that gets heaped on of like, right. you're abandoning us, right. right? You're, you're yeah. leaving us. Yeah. Um, and that's hard. And I, and I, I know that's, that was very true for me. Like I, I know when I considered leaving so much of that was a weight on my shoulders. Like, well, what is, what's going to happen to my relationships that I've built, not just with my coworkers, but also with, you know, I mean, I call them customers, but they're, they were way more than customers, right? Like they were, they were friends and, and, and ministry partners that Mm -hmm. I had. And what happens? Like, cause there, there's, there's personal pain built into all of that too. Another, another thing I, I mean, I've been processing as well is, is for so long, I think we do this within evangelical America is we tie mission so closely to vocation mm, yeah, that it 
it it heaps on that much more guilt, right? Like, <laughs> right. and 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 I'm I'm a perpetrator of this because I, I taught it in so many ways: hmm. mission and purpose and calling. We we use those words interchangeably when we talk about ministry, and they so often get linked very directly to vocation, like what you do to make money for a living for your family is a calling. It's a mission. It's right. a purpose that God has called you to. And what happens when I leave my mission, mm. when I leave my calling, when I leave my purpose, like, am I leaving God's will for my life? Like, that's a really hard thing to wrestle with to be like, wait, what if I was just leaving a job? Right. Right. Like, no, no other vocation has that kind of guilt and weight added to it of, well, you know, if you take a different job, you're actually moving outside of God's will for your life <laughs> right. and you're leaving the mission that God has called you to. And you're like, yeah. oh, what do I do with that? Yeah. And I, I think, you know, a lot of times we don't, we don't talk of it in like outright terms like you just did, but it, it very much like feels like all of those things, even if it's not, you know, verbally uh, said to us or, or about us. Right. It's like, what, like, who am I outside of, outside of those things? Um, well, yeah. I lived in that though, Curry. And, and so did you in the sense of like, I would come across people that would decide to leave youth ministry, you know? And, and I mean, shame on me. I judged them for it. <laughs> right. Like, what do you mean you need a better paying job? What do you mean you don't want to do youth ministry the rest of your life? This is awesome. I mean, you and I had some of those conversations. Yeah, we, we definitely right? did, yes. And I was a selfish jerk in so many ways. <laughs> and and I apologize for that directly to you, you know, because it's painful to be in that spot, to be questioned in that kind of way. To say, like, maybe, maybe this isn't lifelong for me and and that's an okay place to be in to go maybe there's something else right for sure well let's get into that for you then i mean you know that was a long process uh for both of us uh but you know what like what was that process like like even thinking the thought of leaving ministry what what was that sort of moment or sort of time period like for you a lot of counseling Okay, perfect. <laughs> Something we're very much behind here, you know. Yeah, it's, right. Yeah. Like pro pro counseling. Yeah, um yes. What what was that like? So what that was like was for years. I mean years, like a, the second half of me being at, at Leader Tracks. And again, don't get me wrong, like love the organization, love the people, they're doing great work. But for the second half, I, I struggled a lot and it was kind of this like building struggle for me internally like an ex, uh, existential struggle hmm. that I was dealing with of, I think I'm in line to kind of take over, right? To, right. Um, to, to run the place, you know, like that, that is the, the potential that I have that's in front of me. And I struggled with, do I really think, A, that I'm wired for being the number one person. Yeah. B, do I want to do that? Like, do I actually want to do that? Does that give me joy when I think about it? Or does it terrify me? Uh, 
And C, is it even okay for me to not want to be the main leader at a leadership development organization that I spent <laughs> the majority of my adult life working at, right? right? And moving forward in, in their ministry. And those, those things just weighed so heavy on me. So I remember dealing a lot with this in 2017 and, you know, any a New Year's Eve long walks we had where we, we chatted had a few through of all of these. Yes, yes, we did. And there was an opportunity where a former employee announced that he was going to be leaving and there, there was going to be this big opening. And so I went to my boss and I proposed like, Hey, why don't we change things up a bit and, and put me as like the, the, the one in charge of sales and running the whole ministry program for all the trips and, and everything. And, and in the back of my head, what I was thinking was, I don't know if I want to run this place. Yeah. But if I do eventually, then I need to know what all of this is about, right? Like how, how do I run the day to day of this place mm. and, and, and everything that's associated with it. So um, we move forward and, and, and I took that huge leadership jump and, and took on a lot and was managing a bunch of people and recruiting like this huge team and getting all of the, the service trip, you know, sites in order and selling all of trips. And I mean, it was just like a crazy year. I was traveling constantly. I was stressed out of my mind. It was the first time ever that I I had a panic attack, like full blown, legit mm. panic attack, up all night, like heaving because I was just so stressed. Started taking sleeping medication because I could not sleep at night. And we launched that summer, and I went on like a three week road trip with my dad and my son to visit all the different sites, and. Some stuff went down at the end of the trip that was really hard, like challenge, like like deep leadership challenges that I had to walk through. Yeah. With 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 some staff members. And I came back and it it just threw me into basically a depression. Mm. And I started to go to counseling. I started to go to counseling every single week for for months on end. And just basically unpiling all of the stuff that had heaped up for years of, of pressure and stress and dealing with like this whole stuff of mission and calling and, and guilt. And am I called to this? Is it okay to want this or not want this? And what do I do with everything here? And that was the first time I really started to honestly become okay with the very thought mm. of leaving. And then it would still be three more years before I actually left. Man, <laughs> that is a, that's a long time. I know it's a long time. Yeah. You know, I don't, I, I'm not sure if you remember this cause you're, you live in Texas. So it's just kind of like far off, but you remember COVID? <laughs> um, let me think, let me think, let me think. <laughs> uh, yes, I do. Yeah. Like there was that like pandemic, right? Yeah. The global pandemic. Yeah. Uh, that honestly, that was obviously like a really, really hard time, right? But like leading through that was so interesting because so many things changed. Work from home became a, a necessity, right? I right. actually discovered that both I loved work from home and I was like 10 times more efficient at my job. <laughs> I am an extrovert of extroverts, right? So if you put me in front of people, I will talk forever and just joke and have fun. And I realized very quickly, 
if I have nobody to talk to, then I just have to call people and do my job and talk to them. <laughs> right. And so going down that whole road, realize like, oh, there might be a pathway for me in sales because I have been doing this for 10 years. Yeah, you've been doing, I mean, you've legit been doing sales for 10 years, right? right. I mean, like phones, yeah. sales, trips. Yeah, I mean. Right. But yeah. I never thought like sales only right. for myself. Yeah. Right. And so that's when I discovered like, oh, actually, all the pieces of my job that I loved were like sales and training and telling stories and, and interaction with people. And, and, and it was fun. All the parts that I, I realized I didn't like were everything else that I'd taken on. And that was then super clear to me like, oh, yeah, I don't think I want to run this place. Okay. Now I need to start legitimately looking at where do I go? Right. Right. <clears throat> yeah. I, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think therapy, uh, does, does wonders for those sorts of things, like helping us realize our, our motivations even right. Um, for sticking 100%. around, we're both very yeah. much people pleasers, uh, kind yes. of to our cores, you know, and I think that that's a really easy place to like fall into ministry, but to kind of stay into ministry and never want to rock the boat. And, you know, I, I think being comfortable is, is, uh, really nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> right. And, and a little bit of a trap, you know, because right. Yeah. It, it, it means that like, am I, am I actually doing the things that like lead to like health because I'm, I'm wanting to stay in, in this, in this comfortable position. Right. It's true. And, and I think a lot of that journey for me was realizing like I wasn't healthy in this place. Right. You know, I, I didn't really like myself. I didn't like what, what was taking place. And, I, and, and in some ways I felt powerless. And yet through counseling and through that whole process and through the examination and self-reflection, realized like, no, I, I do have gifts and abilities and skills. And I, and I do have a say in this. I don't, I don't have to just do this because I have been for 15 years. I don't, I don't have to stay here yeah. if I ultimately don't want to. Yeah, for sure. No, that's good. I think, I think for me, right. Like you, you were kind of coming out of a place where you did have sort of tangible skills in the, in the work world, you know? Yeah. Um, I think for me in ministry, it was much more difficult to see those skills, you know, because I had never done sales like in sure. legit in the past, you know, aside from, you know, com conversions. Right. I mean, which is what I, what I, I'm just kidding. I wasn't. I'm just <laughs> conversion. The number one right. converter of souls. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, not not me. Uh, but um, it was really hard to. And I think probably uh, you know there's there's people in in ministry roles that like where the skills are pretty tangible. You know where like yeah. hey these yeah. can translate into the corporate world. I feel like I was coming from a place where I was like, does anybody want like a a almost forty year old dude who's only pastored at a mobile church his entire career, you know, like I'm really good at preaching. You guys. You just <laughs> listen to me. I'm really I promise. Good. I promise. Just put me in front of 150 people and I'm good to go. You know, like they'll learn so much. Exactly. Exactly. And I had like bivocational jobs here and there, but nothing like I could say, like I've led people, you know, the sort of yeah. stuff uh, people in interviews ask about. Right. Um, right. 
So I think, I think like this, I want to, I want to keep into focus, like this practical aspect of it, because like the, the hurdles one has to overcome to sort of like move from a ministry role into a, uh, you know, a corporate role, you know, if that's the decision you decide is, is best for you, those are real tangible things, right. That can be hurdles. So, so what was it like for you sort of (laughs) showing how those skills sort of like, like what was the job prospecting uh, process like for you? And like, how did all that kind of go down for you? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. So it was, again, it was all relational, you know, and, and that's the biggest thing is people always tell you like network, network, network. And you're like, I don't know what that means. And then you realize actually I've been networking my whole time in the professional realm. I just didn't know it. Right. Because all networking is, is taking the relationships you had and have and go, hey, could you help me? Right. And and so much of that comes from just the decision to finally be like, you know what, I'm going to start doing it. I'm going to start I'm going to start looking for another job. And so for me, it did not start by going, what are the openings? And can I have that job? Right. It started with me just talking to the people that I knew. And so, I mean, it it literally was last September, right? Where I, I sat down at my, at my desk and I thought to myself, okay, what do, what do I do? I've just spent the last year bringing us back from COVID, right? Like just worked my tail off to sell mission trips, right? Like service trips, in an environment where no one wanted to travel. It was like an impossible thing. And I'm like, no, like I actually did a good job, right? Right. We're in a normal level again. This is great. So I'm going to focus on talking to people I know who know what they're doing. So I met actually with a, um, a woman at Wheaton college who I had a lot of respect for. And she sat down with me and gave me like 45 minutes of her time. It was like, Dan, First thing is, honestly, you need to update your LinkedIn profile. And I was like, I need to what? <laughs> my what now? My, my, yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? My LinkedIn profile. It's just like, let's go through your LinkedIn profile together and let's curate it. And let's, you know, I want you to follow these people. And she like literally gave me a lesson in how to update my LinkedIn profile. And then she walked through my resume with me and she allowed me to send her a resume that I created. And then she basically like took it with a fine tooth comb and went through it and said, no, do this, 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 and this, and this. And I was like, okay, great. And then it was so much of just trial and error of like talking to this person, talking to that person who made me think of talking to this person and then talking to that person. And again, so much of it was networking. I met with, I literally met with a career coach that my dad was like, Hey, would you, would you consider talking to this person? And like literally the process for me became like the attitude for me became was uh, was just say yes to everything. Hmm. Right. Say yes to talking to everybody under the sun. Right. And so I decided to just dive in fully. I, I updated my LinkedIn profile. I started to post regularly. I started to follow people on LinkedIn. I started to interact with people on LinkedIn. I started to request 
that people would give me recommendations. I remember when I reached out to you and was like, hey, Curry, could you write me a recommendation on LinkedIn? And that and recommendation like, yeah, sure. was was fire. It was fire. Uh, I mean, it was the, oh. to say, the best recommendation <laughs> I've ever gotten, right? Like highlighted up at the top of the profile. I don't no even doubt. have my picture. I just have a picture of that, that recommendation. That's right. <laughs> and then it was just like, talk to everybody you can. And I would take lunch hours. I would take, you know, like after work, I'm talking to family members. I'm talking to friends. I'm talking to acquaintances. And before long, I realized, you know what? Actually, I would love to work is LinkedIn, which again, as a guy who spent 15 years working for a small nonprofit ministry that nobody's really heard of. Right. And then to be like, you know what? I have my site set on a multi-billion dollar Forbes top 50 companies owned by Microsoft. I think I should go to work there. I mean, it was the dumbest thing in the whole world for me to think that that was possible. And then I just started talking to people who worked there and they described the culture. And I was like, this sounds amazing. And that led me to talk to another person and then another person. And then I applied to a job and they literally actually interviewed me. And then I didn't get that job. <laughs> and then I, I stayed in touch with the recruiter and I just tried to be friendly with her. Right. And I just decided like, I'm going to be two things. I'm going to be tenacious and I'm going to be kind. And so I'm going to be tenacious. I'm going to go after everything I possibly can. And I'm going to be so overly kind that they can't not like me. So I'm sending like the recruiter who I didn't get a job through Starbucks gift cards to be like, you know what? I know it's a crazy busy time right now. And I just really appreciate the time that you took with me, you know, have, have a, a latte on me. Um, and small things like that, like paid off. And mm. suddenly she is staying in touch with me and she go, and she's like, Hey, would you consider applying to this job? And I applied to multiple jobs at LinkedIn. I applied to 13 different uh, jobs. Did you really? I yeah, didn't know 13. it was 13. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. And I started to go, okay, maybe I'm reaching too high. And so I applied to some jobs that were of a lower level and I got denied for every single one. Mm. Now, the previous job I'd applied to and, and interviewed and made it to a hiring manager was like higher level. And now I'm like getting shown to the door before I even reached the door for lower levels. But because I had that relationship with the recruiter, I reached back out to her and said, I know you're not recruiting for this role. This is like beneath you. But could you consider talking to the other recruiters and telling them that I'm worth it? Mm. The, the tenacious, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and the kind, like reaching back into the relationship. And she was like, yeah, totally. First thing Monday morning, I'll write an email. Literally that woman, first thing Monday morning, she wrote an email. And I had two recruiters reaching out to me within 20 minutes going, oh yeah, I'll totally interview you, Dan. When do you want to talk? And I was like, are you serious right now? <laughs> like I'm both mad at you and happy at the same time. And one of those jobs was the job that I ended up getting. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And, you know, uh, obviously we were talking through all of these things as we were both going through, you know, our, our, our processes. And I, I think, um, yeah, I mean, you just never know the path that you're going to take. Right. I mean, like, there's, there's very rarely sort of this straight line where it's like, yeah, I'm going to quit ministry and I'm going to like go here and it's just, uh, the transition is going to be easy. And this is, you know, it's, it's always like just some kind of like random path, right. That like, I think 
God enjoys sending us on sometimes or something, you know, like dependence. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I Curry for years was praying. I was praying, Lord, I want to leave, but I don't know what job. I don't know what career. I don't know what field. Would you just have somebody pursue me? Right. And ultimately it was a prayer that was rooted in fear. Hmm. Right. And it was a prayer that was rooted in me not knowing who I was yeah. or that I, I was able to go out using the gifts that God had given me, using the skills that I'd built and actually go and get something different mm. myself. Right. Like yeah. again, it, it, he opened so many doors for me. It was amazing. But my prayers were again, based in fear. They were rooted in that going, Lord, I don't know what to do. Could you just please have something come to me? And he was like, no, I want you to go through this process. I want you to realize through this struggle, through this challenge that you can do this. Right. And it's going to take grit and it's going to take hard work, but damn, like you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it meant the world to me when I, that recruiter called me and was like, Hey, I want to offer you this, this, this position. I was like, Oh, you want me? Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, you should like, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. I resonate with that a lot, Dan. And, uh, something I'm still learning, I think about myself, you know, um, because I, I very much had the same mindset, like, God, I, I'd love to see what something different would be like, but it's going to have to happen to me, you know? And I really, sh- I really kind of struggle with that balance. I think, yeah. you know, between like you, you have to put yourself out there and God also like will put things in your path. Right. There, I mean, yeah. there's not a, it's not cause, cause I get in modes where I'm like, am I just not hustling hard enough? Am I not just going hard enough? Like what's wrong with me? You know, can't I, I be more and, and, like realizing God, no, God's really got me. But at the same time, there was like this, like, you can't just like not do anything at the same time and just expect it to happen. You know? So how do you like, I don't know, how do you walk that tightrope, I guess? Or, or, I mean, do you have any, yeah. Do you have thoughts on how to walk that tightrope? Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me neither. No. That's why I asked you. <laughs> yeah. We, we should do a few more of these together. Yeah, right. I, I'm so close. I, I think I was telling you before we started hitting record, right? I'm so close to hitting quota for my quarter, you know, and I'm sitting here like on the precipice of hitting it and I've worked my tail off. Yeah. Right. And it's a really hard macroeconomic climate. Words I never would have said nine months ago, right? <laughs> or Q, or Q, Q4 yeah. or, you yeah, know, right. like, uh, yeah, the whole quota. Yeah. Right? yeah, exactly. But I've been, I've been working really hard towards it and I've been coming to grips with like, what, what happens if I do get it? What happens if I don't? Right. And I, and I know I've been, you know, texting you and a bunch of guys that too, right? Like, okay, still I'm struggling with, with identity. I'm struggling with pain. I'm struggling with confidence. I'm struggling with like, did I make the right decision? And and if I make quota, this is my justification that every choice I made right. was right. And I was like, well, no, that's not true. Yeah. 
And I think to have an attitude of, well, if I don't do anything, but I just pray and I just go, God, would you just give this to me? He's like, I gave you gifts. I gave you skills. I gave you a work ethic and you are throwing it all out the window. And the same is true is if I keep my head down the whole time and I just work, 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 work. And the only thing that matters is, did I hit quota to justify my own existence and my own choices? And I don't ever acknowledge that no, my life is 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 given as obedience to God. And what does that look like to live in that world where I'm working hard, but I'm also going, hey, how do I care for my teammates? How do I offer encouragement mm. to those alongside me? How do I take a break and go play with my kids and enjoy the joy that I have in this life that that comes from God? Because I can get trapped in either one of those things. Right. Not yeah. working hard enough and praying out, crying out to God, please save me and working so hard and just thinking that this is all due to my own effort. Yeah, I uh, I resonate with that 100 percent. I actually just brought to mind um, a conversation I had with God today where last week I was really struggling. I wasn't closing like I needed to that sort of thing. And I just prayed, you know, kept working. And I, I realized today that like everything I had prayed for last week about my job and my role and just where I would be at, like God had like made a, a way, you know, and yeah. not that like it's going to be easy and he does that all the time. But I also had been going so hard. I had failed to like actually acknowledge that all of these things I'd been pretty desperate for last week. I was sort of taking for granted this week because they were done, you know? And so like, um, maybe the tension is kind of where we're supposed to live, you know, and maybe God likes it that, that way, you know? Um, yeah. My son last night, we we're driving to swimming Everett and we put him into uh, the swim team three days a week of practice. Honestly, because we're like, it's cheaper and it's better than swimming lessons. It's <laughs> <laughs> perfect. He's going to get more swimming, right? It's less expensive. And he's become a way better swimmer because of it. And we're on the way there. And he's like, Daddy, I just I just don't want to go to swimming tonight. Like, it's, I get so tired. Like, it's so hard. And I, I looked at him and I'm like, buddy, I'm really glad that it's hard. And I'm glad that you're struggling. And he's like, what? You're not what supposed to say that. About? Yeah. Like, <laughs> why? It hurts. I know. Because life can be really hard. And I want you to go through this struggle right now. And I want you to get stronger. And I want you to realize, like, you can do these things. And when you go through this challenge, the next challenge is going to be harder. And you're going to be prepped for it. And I probably said some other things that like didn't sound as good and something that sounded better, you know, whatever. I'm a really awesome dad, but um, <laughs> <laughs> always full of wisdom but, and insight. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah, right. Yeah. I probably like swallowed my tongue in that moment, actually. <laughs> um, but he got out of the swimming pool that night and he was like, hey, I wasn't as tired this time. Hmm. Like you were right. Like I can I can do this. I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, like he actually got it. He's smarter than I am. <laughs> Because I think like that's so often mm. not of just being like, yeah, this is hard. And I need you to realize that sometimes struggle is really good for you, right? And that's, that's what I had to learn in going through that whole interview process and application process and networking and years of turmoil to come to the realization that like, no, 
I don't want to work there. It's okay that I don't want to work there. And I have to go through this really hard struggle process to realize what I'm good at and to have confidence that I can go out there and actually get something. Yeah. And and now to land at this place that I honestly, Curry, like this is a Fortune 500 company and it is in big tech. And I've been told from people like, it's godless and horrible. And I'm like, well, okay, but have you met anybody here? Because they are lovely. Like it is so amazing. I love yeah. my team. My manager honestly might be one of the most empathetic people I've ever met in my life. Mm -hmm. I tell him this all the time too. I'm just like, dude, you're so awesome. Like, I love being here. The people are amazing. And I, and I find myself having to stop sometimes when I have these thoughts of, I need to justify myself for being here. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa stop. You are here, right? Like you're, you're here. And if you make it or you don't, if tomorrow I lose my job, like through that whole process, I learn like, God's not going to solve every single problem put in front of me, right? Yeah. But he is present with me. And he's also empowered me. He's given me skills. He's given me gifts. He's given me now confidence to go out and be like, hey, I'm like, like I can do this. Now, granted, there's there might be times I can't. And that's where, too, like he's given me a community of people who can support me and can be behind me and encourage me. Last week, I was not feeling it in any way. Right. And I just reached out to all of the guys and was like, I need I need your encouragement. I need your prayers, right? I had two deals completely fall through later that day. And I'm like, oh, well, now I'm definitely not making a quarter, right? <laughs> and yet, I wasn't in a state of panic that I had yeah. been in earlier in the day. I had you call me. I had another guy call me. I had multiple people reach out to me individually. And I just was like, whether I make it or not, like I'm in a good space. Like, gosh darn it, people love me. I, I'm okay, right? <laughs> it was one of those like, get over it. You're okay. This yeah. is fine. So, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, I rambled a lot there. No, that was not rambly. That was really uh, insightful. Yeah, and uh, it's really helping me process. I think my journey too, because I think the the thing I have taken out of my journey into random corporate job that I kind of fell into in some ways, like my one interview is that like, I am so much more confident in my skills outside of ministry than I ever thought I would be, you know, that I really can show up to, uh, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a startup culture, yeah. you know, at charter ups very much in the startup phase. We just got series yep. a funding. I'm like in the thick of like a true startup and I can hang with other people. Right. Um, yeah. I, I can do things that people need. And I think like, I I'm seeing those ministry gifts that like I had spent years like honing, uh, mm -hmm. right. Of being able to talk to people of navigating, uh, complicated situations of, of encouraging others on my team of being sort of transparent, really pay off in corporate culture. Who would have known? Right? I know. Right. It's crazy. The things that. <laughs> You take for granted yeah. that you've developed over time yeah. are huge. Yeah. They're huge. Yeah. And you don't, I, I think you don't know that they're actually there until you're pushed to use them in a way in which is, is not comfortable. 
Yeah. Right? I was comfortable I, at had, church doing all this stuff. I was comfortable navigating these relationships I'd built for, for uh, years on years, you know, but stepping out into a world that doesn't necessarily respect my credentials and doesn't really care what I've done. It's only what I, you know, my performance in a lot of ways and what I can sort of bring offer to the organization, like in a really healthy way. Uh, yeah. It wasn't until I was put in that position that I realized those things about myself. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, people, they do respect your skills. Right. Right. And your, your resume, right. Your experience. Once you're in the job, nobody questions that nobody, in any way. Yeah, nobody cares. It. Yeah. They're just like, Hey, can you do it? And do we, <laughs> right. and do, and do we like having you be a part of the team? <laughs> That's right? exactly do you, right. Do you add to our yeah. culture? Right. And you're like, yeah, I do. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, great. We're yeah. glad you're here. Yeah. And in so many ways, that's the theology of hustle, right? It's, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, even though I, I think we're both in, in jobs that are very much like sort of, you know, I mean, we're both, you know, doing sales and like, you know, very much in the hustle and bustle of, of all the work. There's still those, those moments on, in your teams and, you know, just in the, where you're like making people's lives better, even remotely, you know? Um, I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty cool actually. For sure. Yeah. It, it's funny how, I mean, I, I, growing up, I was like, I don't want to be in sales, right? That's right. disgusting. And you're slimy. How could you blah, blah, do blah. that? I know, right? Like, oh all you do is just make money, right? <laughs> and now my job is literally is just talking to people every right. day. Mm-hmm. You know, building relationships. I On Halloween, I had a call with uh, a couple of women at a company that, you know, is a client of mine. And we all put on costumes and did a video call together. <laughs> This is so much fun. Oh my gosh. This is fantastic. You know, and you show up to meetings in Christmas sweaters and you laugh with people. You experience heartache, right? Like I'm, I'm walking through with a couple of clients right now, just like family members pass away and they're telling me this. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like I, I'm in pain for you. Right. right? I grieve with you. It's still real life. Yeah. No, it is, you know, and, and, and maybe even more so than, than where I was at before. Um, and I have to navigate, how do I minister in totally different environment, right? Like how do I, how do I do this in such a way where I'm not evangelistic in all the ways that I thought were, you know, phenomenal growing up. And then even in, in the Christian bubble, like how do I legitimately minister in real life yeah. to people who don't want to, you know, hear my easy answers, but they're like, are you a decent person yeah. who, who can be kind and love me? Well, yeah. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. I'm just thinking, I mean, I talked to business owners all day long and it's like, yeah. I hear about how hard COVID was and how their business is really struggling right now and what they're struggling with and, you know, being empathetic in those moments and still listening and building relationships, not because I want to sell them something necessarily even, but just because I'm a person, you know, mm-hmm. and, and not only that, I, I have the Holy spirit and, you know, um, that gives me the fruit of the spirit, you know, I yeah. think is a, is a really powerful thing to think through. Very yeah. much so. Mm. That's good stuff, Dan. Um, that's good stuff. I, okay. So I want to jump into our final two questions. Um, yeah. 
But I'm going to switch the second question up on you a little bit. And I have not warned you that I'm going to do this, but <laughs> okay. I think you're going to rock it. So let's start with the, the first, the first question. So my first question is what is the strangest job that you have ever had? Okay. So you, you know that, you know, a lot of the jobs that I've had. Yes. And in college, you know, that I was a, like a canoe guide. Up oh the yeah. Waters. Oh, oh, I know very well. Having canoed with you many a times. <laughs> and it was awesome. Uh, <laughs> and I loved it. That was not my strangest okay. job ever. Okay. My strangest job was sophomore college. I got a job working at a comedy improv company called comedy sports in Milwaukee. I did not know this. You didn't? Okay. This I did is not wonderful. know. I was hoping yeah. you would surprise me. I was oh, hoping yeah. so. <laughs> oh, this is what I live for, Curry. Here we go. <laughs> so so I got to, you know, be in a couple of shows, but that wasn't my main job. Okay. My main job was I was actually the first people that first person you would ever see when you when you would come to comedy sports because okay. I would greet you in the parking lot. And I would escort you in your car to your parking space. Okay. I was a ballet parker. So I would uh, don a pink tutu. <laughs> no. And I would, yes. And I would dance around the parking lot and I would lead you to your parking space <laughs> that I picked and I could lead you to whatever parking spot, spot, spot I wanted, right? And I realized, <laughs> I realized that people mm. would pay me more tips if they thought I injured myself. <laughs> So I started wearing a bike helmet and a construction vest along with my tutu and I would run into light poles and do cartwheels and fall over and then people would tip me more money when they thought I was injuring myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that I mean those are tangible skills for the future, you know. I know. Yeah. Sales yeah. Sales. Yeah. Well, youth ministry. I mean, that, that, too, that has that youth too, ministry obviously. written all over it right yeah. there. Good golly. Wow. That's incredible. I cannot believe I did not know that. So, um, okay. <laughs> so, so my <laughs> final question is normally, what is one piece of advice you would give to somebody looking to bring God's kingdom more into their work? Right. But mm -hmm. I want to switch it up a little bit and like sort of in a continuation of our, our talk here, what is a piece of advice you would give to somebody who's, you know, maybe a, a man or woman, maybe in their twenties, thirties have done ministry for, uh, you know, some of their career or maybe all of their career and yeah. maybe even thinking about making a transition into, you know, the corporate world. What is, I mean, just from your journey and, and what you've walked here, what is one piece of advice you would give to someone in that position? Sorry. I know that was a lot to spring on you there. No, it's okay. I'd actually written uh, my answer for your other normal ending question. <laughs> well, you, we could take that one too. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is good. This is good. This is okay. Because honestly, this is what I get asked. Yeah. Right? Like I, I've taken a lot of calls from people who are in ministry and who are struggling and they don't know what to do, where right. to go next. Um, and so the first, the first piece of advice that I, I give people is all the time is that, Hey, you know what? This journey that you're on, it's okay. Right. Like I, I want to remove the weight of guilt that you have maybe on your shoulders right now 
that has been placed there that says it's not okay for you to leave a ministry job. Right. That's not okay for you to leave a ministry career and to go into the corporate world and to make money to support your family. Right. Because I think we've been we've been told that lie hmm. that it's not okay. And it's totally okay. And you can still be a Christ follower. You can still have a calling and, and a mission and purpose and not have it directly tied to your vocation and your paycheck. Hmm. So that's, that's the, that was, that'd be the first thing. Um, first piece of advice I'd give. And the second is just to be okay with the journey and the struggle. And that, you know, that is actually going to give you that confidence to move forward because it is hard. Yeah. But when you get wins and you see them as wins, they, they, they build in you that sense of like, I can do this. And I actually believe in myself. And, and I think that is so often missing for us in ministry is this idea that like, I, I can do good works yeah. in normal everyday life. And so that struggle, that challenge that comes from the journey of seeking a new career is actually a really good thing. Mm. Preaching to me, Dan. Uh, yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. Well, it is uh, good to see your face. Uh, you too, buddy. It's good to talk about all these things we've talked about for, for years. And um, yeah, I think this is going to help uh, a lot of people kind of in, in similar positions. So I appreciate you making time and uh, we'll, we'll be talking soon. Sounds good. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed uh, hearing from Dan and just thinking about, you know, what it means to do ministry in the workplace. The whole point of this whole podcast, I, I hope you got some insights there. I'd love to hear about any of those. So, you know, look me up on, uh, on social media. You can find me there. <clears throat> I'd love to just hear about, um, your thoughts. Uh, if you want to, you know, connect with either Dan or I, um, uh, you know, with, in regards to our experience, we can, uh, definitely make that happen. Love to chat through, uh, more of that answer, any questions that you, that you might have. Um, you know, this is just, I, I think out there to show you that like this career trajectory and what God has for us in our work is just not a straight path. And, uh, Dan and I have both realized that, uh, over the last year and, you know, God sent us on all sorts of twists and turns, but his kingdom is preeminent over all things. And, uh, everything that we do, everything we put our hands to our entire lives are to that, to the kingdom. Uh, and so I hope my hope, my prayer for you is that, uh, you would go out just being kingdom people doing kingdom work in this world. Uh, and until next time, y'all get out there and hustle.